and I must keep running, running, and 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 running, running, Welcome to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast, episode 108. And if you're keeping score at home, we are a day late, possibly a dollar short. We'll see. Um, And at this point, uh, the reason why we are late with this and coming out on a Monday night is because Brandon ended up getting way, way, way too drunk at the uh, Bills Patriots game and ended up uh, not being able to talk, lost his voice. What up, Fresh Cup Pro? Yeah, what up, Fresh Cup Pro? Also, that is nonsense. But yes, he ended up screaming and yelling at one Tom Brady too much. Ended up losing his voice. So last night, he did say that he was sober enough to record, but he had no voice, so he couldn't record. So I said, you know what? Let's record Monday night. I let everybody know on Twitter, at least, that we would be recording Monday night. And it was all Brandon's fault. Now it is Monday night. And Brandon's computer has been updating for the last hour. And so I said to him, I'm going to go solo for now. We'll see if he'll join us later. Uh, At this point, it is getting pretty late. So what we're going to do is start this off and then get a couple books in, some mail, and then regroup for next week, which will also include me and Double A-Rod talking about the House of X books that came out the last two weeks because he was on vacation. So that threw a little bit of a wrench in the X bit as well so uh i don't want to say that we've been lazy uh, but we've had some real unfortunate circumstances that have hit the podcast but let me tell you where you can find us on the internet you can go to our website that is weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com where we review almost all of the marvel books each week i actually had walking pneumonia recently i'm kind of still recovering from that actually so i i may still actually have that but hey that's that's not here nor there but because of that i didn't get my reviews done last week i ended up doing some dc reviews and pretty much passing out after that but i hope to get my reviews done this week as well as the whole fresh start crew over at the Weird Science Marvel Comics.com. We also are on Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. If you follow us, we follow you. I mean, we can have a little like choo choo train going where we all follow each other. That'd be great, right? We also have a Patreon account where you can support this podcast and get many, many other shows. That's at patreon.com slash weird science. This past week, we did Amazing Spider Man number 30 and Superior Spider Man number 11 as the Marvel patreon only spotlight this coming up week these come out on wednesday these spotlights this coming wednesday we look to be doing spider-verse number one and ghost rider number one that's what the fresh start crew is picking it seems in that poll and just a little side note uh me and reggie also did Spider-Man 2099 number one from 1992. We had fun talking about that. We did that this past week too, as what we call the Back Issues podcast, the Marvel Back Issues podcast, where we end up doing a 
issue from the past. And because of all the 2099 stuff, I ended up putting a bunch of 2099 books on the poll. And again, the Fresh Start crew ended up picking Spider-Man 2099, number one, which I kind of thought they would. That would be the one that I would have thought that we would pick. But right now, we're going to go off to a book here, and I'm going to grab my notes here and get the book. And what we're going to do first here is Wolverine Annual number one. This is an Acts of Evil uh, issue. Uh, I'm telling you, these Acts of Evil have not been the greatest. They haven't been anything that I would call must-read. I also have not heard many people down at the rec center or at the malt shop talk about these acts of evil. I've not ordered, you know, my egg milk and say, hey, I think that's what it's called. I forget. Yeah. Hey, uh, can I have my malted milk, please? And by the way, how about that acts of evil? Huh? How about you young kids? You like the acts of evil? And nobody's responding to me. And they're yelling that they want a parent. Is what they usually do then, uh, unfortunately. But yeah, I don't hear many people sitting there like, hey, man, these acts of evil are really kick ass. Uh, you know, I love them. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. What they are saying usually are, I shouldn't have cursed like that, but what they're saying, uh, boy, why does this Wolverine have an annual? Like everybody's confused each time. We had Ghost Spider have an acts of evil annual after the number one issue. So it's more of the idea of why are these coming out than I can't wait for them to come out. I've read every one of them so far. I've reviewed a bunch of them on the podcast, some of them alone. And I'll tell you, like I said, they are not necessary. Some are better than others. And I'll leave that for now so that I can end up telling you all about this. Written by Jody Hauser, art by Geraldo Borges, colors by Marcio Menez, Miroslav Mirva, and letters by VCs Corey Pettit. Born with the mutant ability and enhanced senses, razor-sharp bone claws, and the capacity to heal from any wound, the man who calls himself Logan has lived a long life, wrestling with his animalistic nature and the loss of everyone he's ever cared about. Never one to shy away from a fight or the tough jobs. He's often found himself doing deadly work, sometimes at the bidding of evil men, other times on the side of good. Either way, his resilience and brutal instincts have earned him the title of of the Wolverine. And I will tell you right now, this one, I like Jody Hauser pretty much. This one's readable. And that that's not a backhanded compliment because some of these acts of evil have not been. Some of these acts of evil issues have come out of nowhere and just kind of like, why did that exist? This isn't necessary. Um, but if you're a Wolverine fan, you got a couple extra bucks, you kind of just want to see him, you know, do some things, you could go for worse. Now, it starts off actually with Wolverine and Spider-Man fighting uh, an an evil deal. And I thought that this was what was going to be the issue. And I thought, you know what? It's against a tinkerer. They're, They're fighting these minions of the tinkerer. And I thought, boy, this might be the one that really sets this off. And is a cool thing. You you actually, at the beginning, think that, oh, my, it's not just acts of evil. We're like getting a backdoor Marvel team up here 
that's a cool idea. And the Tinkerer, why not? I mean, this is cool. But what ends up happening is Spidey and Wolverine ending, uh, they take out these minions. And then Wolverine's like, he's fit to be tied here. And it's like, where's that Tinker? I'm going to slice him one. And Spider-Man's like, the Tinker's, he's an old man. Like, you don't have to go kill him. Uh, I'll take care of him. You said you had things to do, places to be, people to see. Yeah, I'll take care of the Tinker. And Wolverine's like, all right, uh, I guess I'm out. And then that's where Spider-Man's like, good team up. You know, you want to go out for a burger sometime? Call me. Wolverine just walks away, fists clenched. And I'm like, okay, well, we just had the team up that I wanted. And now it's done. Within a couple pages, Wolverine goes off. And the thing that he has to do is go to Maple Glen Assisted Living Community because he wants to see an old flame. Now, this is kind of... You know, foreshadowed a little in that little recap, which was more of a description than a recap, obviously, because this is an annual number one. Uh, He ends up going to see an old flame and we get to see his, you know, origin of what's going on here. Uh, You know, what's, you know, the whole deal, because he's going to see a Celia Stroud and he goes and he goes to the assistant living deal. And he's like, hey, I want to see Celia Stroud. Is she here? Well, she is. You know, she's over 100 years old and kicking the old gal. And he's like, I I didn't ask, you know, how old she was. I want to see her now. Again, like I said, it's kind of foreshadowed in the beginning uh, blurb there of, you know, Wolverine usually loses the people that he loves and loses them because he doesn't die. He's he's not getting older. All these other people uh, are getting older and dying. And so he ends up going back to see this woman that is 100 years old because he had fallen in love with her uh, way back in the day. Uh, And because of that, he ended up, something went wrong. You, You don't know yet, but he's going to apologize and he doesn't get to do that and even says i'm not a guy who usually apologizes but i i'm glad i got this chance you know this old hundred year old lady you go back in 1938 to see what had happened how this had happened why what how and you end up seeing that she was a very pretty lady her and logan fell in love he says at one point that i think maybe she liked my truck uh well it kind of comes to be that yeah, it might be because they end up going to the hollywood and she ends up trying to become an actress in the meantime in the background and then we'll just get right to this he ends up she breaks up with him she's like you know what now that i am here in hollywood i'm now a hollywood gal I can't hang out with you and those mutton chops. Plus, I mean, really, you're Canadian. <laughs> Who's going to dig? Nobody's digging the Canadians right now in 1938 Hollywood. You know what I'm saying here? And he's like, what? You know, really? Now that you have your fancy friends, this is what's going on. You're going to give me up. And he ends up not leaving, though, and even says that maybe that was a mistake. And the mistake is not only does he not leave, but he gets a job on the set of her movie he's a carpenter he's he's kind of building sets and what ends up happening he looks over at her as she's there you know she's getting ready for a scene she's in like a bikini yeah he's a man he's he well likes what he sees but he ends up there's kind of an accident where a piece of metal goes into his head 
she comes to him and is like, oh, my God, what's wrong? And he's like, I'm okay. They're like, everybody, let's let's call the, you know, the ambulance. Let's get a doctor around here. Uh, I wanted them to say, you know, is there a doctor in the house? And somebody, well, I do play one on television, but, you know, it's a little early for that, 1938. So he ends up there and he's like, no, no, no doctors. He's, he's going to run off. And Celia goes and checks on him and sees that he has a healing factor, sees that, in fact, this big gash that he had in his head, it's gone. It's healed. Now, as this goes on, what Jody Hauser wants you to think is somehow this gets her motorboat going because she starts making out with him again. Like, oh, my God, if I would have known this. I never would have broke up with you. And it seems odd. And I, and I will admit that when Jody Hauser, I'm like, Jody Hauser, what are you playing at here? That is that she has a fetish for guys who have a healing factor. Like, but it ends up being more than that because she ends up saying, Hey, you know, I'm dealing with these guys down in the Valley. Uh, you know, they're into, you know, strange things and, and figuring stuff out. Logan's like, listen, I'm not going to be a Guinea pig to some crazy whacked out scientist or something. It's like, no, no, no. They're more, you know, we're, we're we're truth seekers. We're trying to find out what's going on. Anybody reading this knows that, that she's not on the up and up. You know that there's trouble, especially then when they're getting ready to go and see what's going on. And it's one of those Logan's in love. He is he's going to be manipulated by Celia because he likes her so much. Well, they go by a mirror, and unfortunately, Logan doesn't look over because the the shadow or the reflection actually is not uh, exactly something that looks good, and it ends up, it's Morgan Le Fay. That is basically the villain of this acts of evil. And they go to this mansion down in the hills, and what ends up happening is it's a setup. They are there to grab Wolverine and end up, you know, tying him up. Celia actually shoots Wolverine and says, you know what, you won't die, you'll live, at least for now. And what you end up having here is a, and it's it's wacky, but I'll tell you, Jody Hauser does a pretty good job of not getting it so convoluted that it gets confusing. Uh, it happens very quickly, though, is that Morgan Le Fay is actually time traveling to go back, trying to get, you know, uh, the whole Wolverine deal at this point, which would then grant Celia you know, everlasting life. There's deals going on here. And basically in this, Logan ends up seeing a lot of his future. At one point you see him in the classic, you know, uh, X-Men uniform. And he's like, what the heck am I crazy? Get up is this. You end up having him fight all these villains. This is all of the mind though. Uh, you know, he's being mesmerized or controlled by Morgan Le Fay doing this. And he's trying to fight his way out of this dream, this whole deal as he's chained up, up upside down kind of like a houdini look there and and as he's doing this they're doing and trying to pretty much you know have everlasting life through logan's deal it's not fully explained but you can get the idea this black magic stuff kind of like you know chewy chips ahoy one of the most black magic things you could ever have i don't understand how they remain chewy in the bag i don't like it so yeah that's my other black magic here but he ends up logan does end up getting out wolverine wakes up and he breaks out of these chains you know and then he actually slices Celia slash Morgan Le Fay with that Morgan Le Fay leaves the body leaving poor Celia there by herself and 
not immortal, as we've seen, because you ended up having Logan go and see her. She's 100 years old and looks, I mean, really, she looks good. She doesn't look a day over 95, is what I say. Um, but so, you, so you're going with this, and Logan's like, I just, I don't often get to tell people, I'm sorry. I want to say I'm sorry to you. I'm sorry that I did this. I'm sorry you got involved. I'm sorry that, you know, it didn't work out for us. And you end up there where the, you know, Celia, old lady Celia is like, what? You're saying sorry to me? And then she just starts cackling and then starts telling like, you know, I, I would have ended up, you know, alive forever. This is the reveal up until now. You don't realize that Celia had made a, you know, a deal with Morgan Le Fay. Up until this point, you were under the assumption that Morgan Le Fay had pretty much, you know, possessed Celia and made her do all this. Well, this is the big reveal. This is the act of evil. Here you go, is that the idea that this wasn't something that was just Morgan Le Fay. You end up having Celia, who did go to Hollywood, wanted to be a star. All these things dropped Logan when she became one, and she just wanted to live forever. She didn't want to get old. And, you know, this is kind of a little backdoor wink wink kind of uh you know stab at hollywood and and celebrity in general where she would give up her entire deal also you know take logan and an innocent guy doing this uh to become just young forever she also then kind of exposes herself a little showing she still has the scars from logan's claws and um, you end up where Logan's like, well, you know, I'm sorry. I'm still sorry. And, and you know, you, you seem pretty awful now, but I'm I'm going to leave now. And she's like, no, 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 you're a coward. You didn't you didn't do what I needed you to do before, which pretty much would be die. Uh, but now why don't why don't you just kill me now? Uh, because I don't want to be old. This is awful. And Logan's like, no, nope, I think I'm going to leave now again. She's a hundred. How how much does she have left? Uh, you know, and he's like, okay, I'm out of here. Sorry, but you know, I, I don't want anything to do with you. And as he leaves, you see the mirror. Morgan Lafay's in there again, but that's the end. And and again, like I said, it's okay. It, it's not great. It's not something that I would tell anybody. You have to read this. You got to get involved. It's just okay. I'll I'll give it I would give it probably a six five. The art's okay as well. I mean everything it's it's pretty much okay is what I'll go with. But yeah, I'll give it a six point five. All right, and we're gonna go off to some mail. Do you have the time to drive me and Brandon line? And with science mumble comics at gmail.com. We will read them all at the wrong turn says mail call. Whether they're positive or when they are not You can give a shout out to your peeps Make fun of Brandon but not me It's all for the weekend show Brandon lives in Buffalo Now here's something to say Yo, it's mail call all right, and it is time for the mail. And if you want to be uh, part of the mail and the start of the show, email us at weirdsciencemarvelcomics at gmail.com, just like Jay from Canada says, Hey, Jim and Brandon, 
Brandon here. How y'all doing? Is little Braxton doing all right? I say yes. Are the Bills still undefeated? I will say no. These are the questions one must ask on a Marvel podcast. And because of those Bills ending up losing, that was pretty much why Brandon couldn't do the podcast last night. And I'll, I'll blame it on that now as well. I think that Tom Brady has not only gotten into Brandon's head, but possibly his computer. Uh, it sucks you guys aren't big on All-Star, uh, or actually Amazing Spider-Man. I admit the villains have been poor, but I love Spencer's characterization. I do not. I think that book just goes nowhere constantly. It's going nowhere slowly uh, and really needs some more focus. It honestly reminds me a bit of Tom King's run on Batman, so maybe that's why you don't like it. I just don't like it because I, I'm not getting as much characterization because nothing ends up being resolved. It's all over the place, that book. Uh, I've really been enjoying Absolute Carnage, and, and by the way, Tom King's garbage. It's been a little small. I hope things ramp up. He's talking about Absolute Carnage now. I want Citywide Destruction or something massive and i really want red goblin to come back that would be cool are you guys excited for one runaways number 25 next week no uh but he says that well, of course you are it's such a big book a big book that nobody reads or talks about and that, that that's the problem is it's it's yeah I, I love the Runaways, uh, Brian K. Vaughn's deal. I have not gotten past those initial deals. Uh, and Jay keeps telling me to read this current run. And he is the only one who's told me that. Nobody else has suggested it at all. It's one of the best out there. And everyone, please read it. Buy it. Buy every variant. If it gets canceled, I'll be so upset. It's changing up. It's changing up into the Runaways actually getting powers. And uh, I think that that is nonsense. And I think that that will be the jumping the shark moment, just like Superior Spider-Man, which I am upset is over. What a great read that's been. I actually really like the last issue, but I see how it's a little forced. I don't blame Gage. He's been great. I like him as well. Uh, and I don't blame him fully, but he still has to write it. And it was forced to me. I mean, forced, fully forced. And I hope that what we saw in the ending cliffhanger isn't true though it would make sense and if you haven't read it spoiler you have uh, doc ock back to classic doc ock um and that's a shame i, I actually really like him as spear spider-man but if you're gonna end the book and reset things that's how you're gonna reset it last thing do you think donny cates will be the new thor writer i've been calling that for months and i think it'll be revealed next weekend at nycc and I, I could see that happening. I, I can see that happening. That'd be pretty cool. I just, I hope that he doesn't continue to be stretched too thin. Uh, I like Donny Cates a lot. A stretched thin Donny Cates is not as good. Uh, but Guardians, his run on Guardians is ending. Uh, not sure still if the book Guardians is ending, but his run on Guardians is ending. So that does free up a book. Obviously, when you know Carnage ends up ending, that'll free up some space as well. So yeah, I, I could see him doing Thor. I'm not a Thor fan. Uh, maybe he can turn me into one. Maybe I will be excited if he's on Thor and I can go and read that and see what's going on. But then he says, much love from Canada, Jay. And thank you, Jay. And we're going to move on to the last book. Brandon is still not ready. So I'm going to move on to the last book. And I picked 
this as the one of the books that we're going to talk about tonight um, because I think it's awesome. So if you're waiting for somebody to gush over a book tonight, this is going to be the one. It is Punisher Kill Crew number three. It is written by Jerry Dugan, art by my man Juan Ferreira, letters by VCs Corey Pettit. And I will tell you right now, I am a huge fan of Juan Ferreira. This has gone on and on. I've mentioned it before. He has actually put me and Eric on the DC podcast in a bunch of issues of Green Arrow uh, in Rebirth Teal. You know, a couple, you know, about a year or two ago, we were in a bunch of issues. And then when he came over to Marvel, he actually completed the task and put me and Eric in an old man Logan issue. So we have been uh, both were the crossover. If you want to know any sort of crossovers of DC and Marvel Comics, uh, Weird Science has been in both universes. So that's uh, that's something that I think is cool. But uh, he ended up doing that uh, because you know we love his art, not vice versa. Uh, and it, it's awesome. This art and this, I even uh, you know sent him a note. That as a fan of Wands, I, I think he might have outdone himself here because he also does the colors as well. And and there's been a lot of times where I talk about his art and say, I don't know, you know, it might be an insult, but I think he's a better colorist than an actual artist. And it it shows in this too. A lot of bright colors, a lot of things going on, but boy, just the motion that he does just the there's one point where there's a shadowing bit that's a it's subtle it is so good the way he does and really this is one of the better juggernauts i've seen just crazy and yeah yeah frank foggy uh frank and foggy nelson they are going and they are in the uh, Land of the Frost Giants. And I'll, I'll read the uh, deal here. In the fall of the War of the Realms, Frank Castle, known by many as the Punisher, was on a mission of vengeance for the war orphans whose families were killed by monsters and for a father who lost his family, the Frost Giant, Cassiacla. Cassicla. While hunting one of the monsters on his list, Frank found and rescued Foggy Nelson, a New York lawyer and friend of Daredevil. Foggy was forced to join Frank as he traveled next to Jotunheim, the land of the Frost Giants. There, they came across another prisoner from Earth, the unstoppable Juggernaut. So in this, if you said to anybody, uh, you know, a couple months ago, hey, there's going to be this team-up book and it's going to be Punisher Foggy Nelson and Juggernaut, I I don't know that there's a crazier team except possibly those Buffalo Bills. You know what I'm saying, folks? These are the jokes. But no, it's such a crazy team. And Jerry Dugan writing this, there's some really good humor in this. And it's it's my type of humor. It's kind of gross-out humor. um, But boy... I really like it. Well, you have Frank and Foggy there, and they see Juggernaut. He is tied up by these frost giants who want the Sidorak. I mean, really, anytime you get Juggernaut, that's what you're going to want. You want the Sidorak. They're like, we're going to take the Sidorak from you. It's going to make us feel good. The heck with you. They're Juggernaut. And, you know, Frank's like, listen, we're going to go down there, and, you know, we're going to do some stuff here. We're going to start doing some ultraviolence there. Hey, Foggy, grab that sword over there because they're going to kill Juggernaut and they they are going to get more powerful if they do that. So we're going to have to do something about it. And, and you end up with Foggy. He's like, what, what am I going to do? He's like, just pretend, you know, right there, Juggernaut's your client. And he's facing the death penalty because he is. 
and, and go and see what you're going to do. He's more of a distraction here to go down. And it, it's funny because even as Jerry Dugan writes this and how Juan draws it, Foggy comes in off panel. It's like, uh, uh ex- excuse me. And you don't even see him yet. And you see these frost giants like who interrupts us? Who dares? And it's foggy. It's like, uh, it's me. Um, you know, thanks for turning off your sparkly fingers here. They have like lightning and stuff going to their fingers. And he's like, um, yeah, maybe we can end in a settlement here. We could settle this, you know, out of court and, and try to figure this out. And now they start making the, you know, the lightning again. They're about to just shoot it at him. Looks like they're going to, you know, uh, do a crazy maneuver from, say, a street fighter. And he's like, oh, my, uh, can I call a sidebar? As this happened, Frank just comes down and starts blasting with a shotgun, which does nothing. They, it ends up hitting the Frost Giants. They just look down and like, you're going to die. And the battle is on. And as this goes, Foggy starts running a- away. He has the sword. He starts running away. He trips. The sword then breaks these, you know, energy beams that have Juggernaut in prison, which then frees him. And then he says, you know what? I told you guys that if you mess with me, you're dead. And he just goes Juggernaut fully on these guys. And just the idea where you have it, and it's this, you know, a multi-paneled page. It's a big spread page, but the middle one has the Juggernaut. And it's from the perspective of him almost running by you to your right side as you're reading it and just the wake of destroyed frost giants behind including a big eyeball that's there and he is completely covered juggernaut is in the blue frost giant blood he is grimacing he is pissed off foggy's having problems it looks like he's gonna vomit because again he is also covered in frost giant blood frank grabs him and says listen If you're going to get sick, you better do it before we get back in the war van. I don't want my van messed up with your throw up. And he's like, okay. But as this is going on, Juggernaut jumps up, goes through a frost giant's head from the top and just obliterates him. Then they start running off to get out of there, to go into the van, figure out what's going on. So they're running towards the van. Yeah, Foggy, like, hey, and and as this is going on, Juggernaut's chasing them. Hey, can you give me a lift? Yeah, we're we're going. But that's eventually because... Oh, he got some ultraviolence to do still. And you end up having more frost giants. They come out of the cave they're in and there's more frost giants in there. And they're like, you're not going to leave this place alive. And that's where Frank, I mean, in the, he, he loads the shotgun and says, one of you is going to tell me where Casicla is and the rest of you will die. And they end up where everyone's like laughing. Ha ha ha. Laugh. Oh, look at this puny guy with the shotgun. And then the shadow of Juggernaut comes in. Again, you're looking over, you know, Juggernaut's head to the Frost Giants who now see Juggernaut. And now they're they're not laughing anymore. They realize, you know, they're about to be in trouble. You do have Juggernaut then running through them. You know, body parts flying again. He ends up taking off their legs or feet at least. They all fall down. And that's where Foggy almost throws up again. And Foggy... Is, is having the worst time, especially in this issue. Frank then goes, he, he goes to shoot these guys again. The gun's not working. So he ends up just throwing it at this one frost giant. Now, again, the frost giant can't really get up. His feet are 
you know, gone because juggernaut and you end up, Frank picks up this, you know, big sword and says, you know, where's Sickle? I've, I've asked you guys, you're going to tell me, where is he? Uh, he? He's lying with your woman. <laughs> and that's when Frank's like, wrong answer and ends up pretty much taking the guy's head off, the frost giant's head off uh, by cutting him through the, the mouth. And it's disgusting. And then Juggernaut's, the other one's mine. And then they're they're just going through all this where then Foggy ends up, he is scared. He's almost getting attacked and eaten by a frost giant who trips and then falls on Foggy's sword that he just closed his eyes and put a head, you know, up in the air. Well, then you end up another frost giant's coming. You end up where Frank then whistles to get Toothnasher who comes and then takes that one out by hitting him with the van, then headbutting him. And then what appears to maybe get him right in the jewels, but he's down now. And even when this goes on, it's so funny because as you know, Toothmasher takes this one out. You have Foggy going over and like, I'm glad you're on our side there, buddy. So we're going to just, this is just over and over of cool art and just violence. And so what ends up happening is there's pretty much seems in this area, there's one frost giant left. There's pretty much one guy left. Juggernaut gets a big icicle, throws it through this ice giant who ends up a frost giant who ends up falling down and is hurt, but is still alive. Frank goes over and then says, you are going to tell me where Cacicla is. You bought, you brought your dumb war to earth and you know, you're going to pay now slices off his ear. And then in one of the things that I said is the subtle deal, he starts putting his sword underneath the fingernail of this frost giant. And then you end up seeing the war van through the perspective of the shadow of Frank putting the sword underneath this nail. And it is awesome. It is so cool the way the perspective is done with this and you also see that everybody including juggernaut is like oh my god well now you shift because frank's trying to pretty much torture and maim the frost giant to get this you know information he just wears casicla and as this is going on you're not seeing the scene what you're seeing is the reaction of foggy and juggernaut in the van and this is where this scene might be one of the funniest things I've read since coming to do this Marvel podcast where you end up where Foggy's there and he's like, oh, God, Frank, leave him alone. I mean, he's already dead. Please leave him alone. I can't look. Juggernaut then's looking and he's like, what's he doing with this sword? And then all of a sudden you hear the frustration. Oh, my God, God, I'll tell you where he is. Just stop. And Juggernaut in a look of horror is, oh, no. Oh, God. And then vomits all over Foggy. And I mean, you, you know, Juggernaut's a big guy. And he vomits a lot. Foggy is covered. It is disgusting. You end up where this frost giant then, in pretty much surrounded by just body parts, heads, hands, says, I'll tell you, he ended up, he's in a bunker in Nidavalir. I, I can't pronounce the Thor speak, but he ended up finding out that, you know, you tussled with him. He got away. He was scared. He ended up going into this pretty much a panic room uh, made of Uru metal where he thinks he can escape you. He's going to stay there for a century. By then he figures you'll be dead and he'll come out. And the thing's like, you're, you're not going to hurt me anymore anyway. And he's like, not if you don't flinch. And he ends up just killing him. He goes over to the van and he's like, 
did I tell you, Foggy? I told you not to throw up in the van. Actually, he's like, what did I tell you, Nelson? And Foggy's just looking so upset. And he's looking down so sad. And he's like, not to get sick in the war wagon. I'm sorry, Frank. He doesn't he doesn't throw Juggernaut under the bus. And really, the, the amount that he has covered, you would think that Frank might be able to figure out it's not his. But he's like... I'm sorry, Frank. Sorry. I'm I'm really, really sorry. And he's like, all right, whatever. We got some problems. We have to go. Uh, you know, he, he, he's in this crazy or, or uh, whatever. I keep forgetting the guy's name. Uh, Kasselik. Kasselik's in this bunker made of impenetrable metal. You can't cut through it. Uh, this is crazy. We're going to go and get it. But then Foggy's like, no, no, no. You know what? Maybe we can go and find somebody who would know how to cut because I had a case one time where there was a counterfeit counterfeit black sword from the Black Knight and it was able to cut in a lot of things that we can find the Black Knight. Maybe you can cut into this, get this guy. In the meantime, you can drop me off in New York. Let's go back to New York because I think that Daredevil may know where it is. Now, in the meantime, there's Juggernaut in the back seat, huge in the back seat. He's like, hey, uh, you know, I'm a little out of my depth here. What's going on with this mission? You keep saying a mission. What is the mission? Well, Frank ends up like, well, there's some, you know, war orphans, these kids, their parents were killed during the War of the Realms. I am going to pretty much kill Every single one of these people who have hurt these kids and killed their family. Also, I have this one frost giant that I'm going to kill him for what he did in New York. Well, while this is there, he hands Juggernaut the pictures that the kids made. Juggernaut sees him. He's so upset. He starts crying. He's like, oh, my God, I'm in. I'm going to get these monsters that hurt these kids. I got to get them. And that's where they go off then to go talk to Daredevil to see where Black Knight is. In the meantime, while you ended up having all these fights and all the maiming with the Frost Giants, you did have Juggernaut yell out that he was pissed because he had this rent-controlled apartment in New York. You know, the rent was great. It had a garden, all these things, and it's nonsense. And this has been bothering Frank and Foggy, I believe, since they heard this because, you know, New York with a rent-controlled apartment with a garden, holy moly. Like, hey, how'd you get that rent-controlled apartment, Juggernaut? And he's like, well, it was originally my aunt's, and when she died, my mom took it over, and then I have it. And it's kind of one of those things. It's just a goofy thing to think of Juggernaut having this rent-controlled apartment in New York. But it, it's just – it gives – juggernaut and also juggernaut getting sick from seeing all that you know nonsense and people decapitating things and and then also juggernaut wanting in and crying when he saw those pictures that the kids drew makes you like i i like this juggernaut like i i'm sure that some people like this juggernaut's bs i don't think so it makes me like this is a cool juggernaut i like him but they end up foggy ends up calling when they get back to earth because they go to earth foggy ends up calling daredevil as they're eating what appears to be empanadas and pizza and says hey daredevil uh yeah uh where's black knight he's like anybody here knows who black knight is they're in the the mansions like and then then there's thor and he's like uh yeah i think that he's in svaltenheim you know he's not back yet he was chasing some fanatics he hasn't returned so that's where like oh yeah he's there so it's change of plans and even then you even have where uh Thor's then. Anybody see where Tooth Nasher is? Like, you know, my goat? Like, no. Well, it looks like you end up making a U-turn. Everybody, including Foggy, is heading back to uh, you know, one of the realms are going to Svaltenheim to end up taking down some, uh, you know, elves, things like that, to get the Black Knight so that they can get a weapon that can cut into 
this Uru metal panic room uh, that they have to get to. And in the meantime, to me, you add Black Knight. Now now we're getting the craziest team ever. Uh, and I'm looking forward to that. So with this, it, it's one of those where this book is now kind of veering and reminding me a lot of the Cosmic Ghost Rider book that I really liked. I like the humor in this. Yeah, I, I think that some might be taken aback by it because of these characters not really acting serious or whatever. But you you need some of the humor here for the violence that's going on. It's so over the top, this violence, that I think the humor serves it very well, even when Juggernaut is there. And I like Juggernaut, too. He's in the war van. But he's got the the door open. He's hanging half out. You know, he's bed butt. So he's hanging out. He's like, you know what? This is what it must be like to be Santa. You know, uh, you know, helping out the kids, making their wishes come true. And you end up where even in that foggy and Frank just look at each other like, all right, like Santa. Yeah, I guess a very violent Santa, but we'll go with that. Foggy just wants to go home. He just at that point, if he had a parachute. He, he would definitely jump out to get out of there. And even as they're going, Foggy must run to the back of the war van and look out the window where he's like, uh, you know, can't we just stop here where I can go? Frank's like, nope. Next stop, we're going to be kicking some dark elf butt to find the Black Knight. And there's Foggy like, no. And he doesn't get out. And then you see the next deal. Uh, it says, you know, next month, the sword and the skull. And there's a pretty cool picture of the Dark Knight fighting Frank. I'm like, I'm in. I'm in this book. Uh, at first, the first issue I liked, uh, I'm starting to love this book. And I think that if you aren't reading it and you kind of, you know, like the uh, the Cosmic Ghost Rider deal, or you like these, you know, little mini series that you can have some fun. This is a lot of fun. And it surprises me how much fun it is. And because of that, I'm going to shock the world. I think I'm going to give this a nine five. I like it that much. I had that much fun. I think that there's probably some people. I didn't even look at the reviews on the comic book roundup. I'm sure there's some people like I can't take this amount of violence. I how I abhor such ultra violence that I am not going to rate this well. I I'm not fancy like that. I like my jokes and I like the over the top violence mixed in with the jokes. And when they kind of intersect there on the corner of Jimbo Avenue, uh, I'm fully in. I I really do like it. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it a nine five. That is easily my book of the week of both the Marvel and the DC and I never would have thought it when this came out. Yes, I am a fan of Juan's art, but I didn't think that it would be this fun. And it is. And even when it started, I said, why do we have to continue a book that pretty much is continuing the War of the Realms deal months and months later? I didn't think that there was any room for this. I thought that it would be something like, oh, really? Like, this is just more of that. The time has passed. I don't think that anymore. I, I really do. I stress, you know, check it out, even if you wait. Get it at trade or wait till it gets on unlimited six months from now, whatnot. Uh, check it out when you get the chance. But that's the podcast. That's it. That is the whole kit and caboodle of it. I know it's not a very long podcast. I did not expect to do it myself. And I will tell you, I'm not a fan of doing these sort of things by myself. I need somebody there to talk to. I need somebody to kind of, you know, bounce some things off of. And unfortunately, if I'm bouncing things off of myself, 
I will come out looking and hearing or sounding like a crazy man. I'm also very tired, as you can tell from some of the flubs that I have, but hopefully not too much. Uh, thanks for listening. Sorry that it was a little late. Uh, we will get back to the grind this coming up week. Like I said, me and Double Aaron are going to get together and do the X books. We have two House of X issues, including the number six. So that has ended. And then we're going to end, you know, coming up later down the line. We'll end Powers of 10 so that's pretty cool but we'll get together and do those two and we'll put it out as a spotlight like we have been doing and then hopefully one brandone will uh be joining me next week we'll have a couple more books if everybody emails them we'll have a couple more emails do all that get it done but that is it thanks everybody for listening and i'll talk to you later